0: Have you ever thought of being full of yourself? This can be a beautiful thing. Let's find out how. Building spirituality, family, health, and business. This is The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant. Hey, Giant Builders. Welcome. I'm so happy to have you today. Our guest is Sarah Moore. Hi, Sarah. How are you? Hi,
1: doing well, thanks. Good. Uh, Can you tell our listeners a little bit about you and what you do? Sure. I am... A life and leadership coach. That's what I do for work. I've been doing that for, gosh, about 12 years now. And I work with women at all different levels of an organization in companies across the globe. And our business is called More Soul Sessions, like my last name, Sarah Moore. And as a team, we're on a mission to redefine what it means for a woman to feel full of herself. So when most of us hear that phrase, we think of oh, full of yourself and, you know, you're conceited, arrogant, for goodness sake, please don't be too big for your britches. And we say, absolutely not. We think that a woman who is full of herself is the most beautiful thing you'll ever see. And we really define it as finding the audacity to love who you are. And so most of my work is centered around self-awareness right? What does it mean to lean into vulnerability? Why is it important? How does it open us up to be more courageous? How do we build the skills to have difficult conversations, um, which can be incredibly challenging? I I feel like I spend a lot of time modeling that for my clients. Um, And how do we have a healthier sense of self so that we feel more comfortable in our own skin? So that's that's a little bit about the work that I'm doing mostly one-on-one work and then we have a blog that people love and I also just wrote my first book called Full of Herself um, that uh, we've launched so that's really exciting too. Oh that sounds really exciting
0: okay so all right so many questions going through my head let me I should start writing these down all (laughs) right so what do you think has been some of the biggest changes in the past 12 years for women?
1: Oh what a great question I think First thing I would say is COVID did the coaching industry a real favor because there was so much change in the way that we were working, which caused people to ask themselves different and deeper questions in such a condensed period of time that I think the rise of awareness around mental health and how we might be suffering in that way and how we're going to make choices that align with us feeling like we're thriving, not just surviving, brought coaching, personal development, mental health awareness to the surface quicker than it would have done without COVID. So I found um, a lot more women to be open to the work. Uh, I've actually found... This could also be just my own development as a coach, me as a woman learning what it means to be full of myself even more. I've just found like this real click with women who are saying, I feel overwhelmed. I'm sick of second guessing myself. I'm looking to find my voice and my seat at the table. And, And just so much more of an openness to articulate that, um, in these last few years, that I think has been really powerful. Again, I don't know how much that is time versus me, and I think it, it has to be a combination of the two. Um, what else would I say? Well, I'm a huge fan of Brene Brown, and I think the conversation around vulnerability in the workplace and how it shapes culture has created just a little bit more room. It it depends on the company and the culture, of course, how wide that space is to talk about soft skills, which are anything but soft and that women inherently have strengths around, you know, we're more empathetic. Um, We often have a willingness to slow things down and ask deeper questions um, whereas I know w- the women I'm coaching, they're still talking so much about how men are taking up space in the room and the loudest guy wins and a woman is still struggling to find that voice. And I know that I think there are some wonderful men. This isn't men versus women at all. But, but I think that that talk for everybody around vulnerability and why it's so important, um, is starting to change the way in which we work and the way we think about these hierarchical structures um not really being our best friend anymore for everybody learning to thrive
0: wow okay that was a lot (laughs) 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 let's let's expand on this fool of yourself because like you said like um you know my first thought was like you said, oh, too big for your breeches. Which I have to say, a funny thing here, real quick. I have a, two grandchildren that are um, four and six, and was with them this past summer. I told them put on their breeches. They had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> What's our <Sorry. on> breeches? <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's okay. Nothing personal, but that's showing some age things there. <laughs> no, <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> but. It's telling me
1: like what does is full of yourself different for every woman? I think so. I think it's I think it's very personal. I think, you know, the willingness to choose a path, which is simply a a series of decisions that we're making moment by moment that feels in alignment for us is incredibly unique to each of our journeys. I think there are many overlaps in terms of the struggles and the desires that we experience along the way and the specifics of what we choose and how we choose to live our life and what we go after. Well, those are the adventure. That's what makes us all individuals. Um, I think one way in which I've matured around my messaging of Full of Herself is, think at first, as somebody who's quite extroverted in many ways loves being around people you know I, I'm quite I can be quite big and demonstrative and I'm not shy and using my voice and I can be quite punchy I think I did a lot of women a disservice because that's really what I was tying full of herself to being N- not realizing that not intending to and so being able to say you know being full of ourselves can actually be an an incredibly quiet act it just depends on what is most true for ourselves in the moment that means we're not abandoning who we are and what we believe in and so i think that's what that's what makes it exciting that's why i love you know working with the clients i do because it is such an individual pursuit so how does one learn
0: what their insides are telling them to to find themselves. Yeah,
1: it, it, firstly, it's a lifelong journey, right? <laughs> it, it's, it's the journey I'm on, forever will be on. I really strongly believe in this leadership tenet, which will then set up uh, at least a first answer I could give to that question. This is the tenet learning doesn't come from experience it comes from reflecting on the experience so learning doesn't come from experience it comes from reflecting on the experience what i love about that is reflection for me is all about creating a pause and far too many of us are landing feet first into our day and running quickly. And so I'm a really big believer in whatever ways make sense for each of us, because it's all a little different in creating pauses. For me personally, that is first thing in the morning. It's a series of moving my body. It's journaling, which for me feels like a conversation with a higher power who I choose to call God. Um, It's reading something, whether that's just a a piece of fiction that I'm really enjoying or a personal development book or some kind of um, 12-step literature, because I am in a 12-step program that that I find inspiring, that sort of Sets my brain right. Um, and then often all of that is followed up by a meditation. For me, it's it's almost like a, a way to clear out the noise so that then I can sit quietly. Now, I I want to emphasize again, that's going to look different for all of us. And the ability and the intentionality to slow ourselves down so we can get to some clarity of thought is absolutely essential to the process of becoming full of ourselves. Um, Some of the best leaders I've coached, and that has nothing to do with rank, let's say, or seniority, spend hours reflecting. Whether that's literally sitting quiet, whether it's doing a number of the practices I've just suggested, but but there's a there's a contemplation, a willing to willingness to be with self, to get to some kernel of truth that then that can then set us up to make a decision with greater ease and greater clarity. So I really believe it starts there, and it's a skill it's a skill to slow down and get quiet and can take years to even develop some kind of practice that feels intuitive. Um, But I would just say start somewhere and it's going to be messy, but track how you feel afterwards, track over a couple of weeks or a month what sort of difference you're noticing um, in yourself. Oh,
0: I would agree. It's definitely something you have to really work on. I mean, I'm 61 and I I feel guilty when I don't have something on my to-do list. It's just like, it's just a real problem that I am personally working on. Now, and this could be me again, but I love the fact that you were saying reflecting on on decisions you've made because I feel as a woman that I carry, rather than reflecting on those things, I carried guilt with those things. Mm -hmm. And... I felt like that was something i had to work on as far as like those were decisions that i made that i learned from and not decisions i made that i would
1: should feel guilty about i guess it depends right like maybe what, what the research shows about guilt which i think is quite fascinating is that it's correlated with positive behavior change shame Whole different scenario that will take us down the rabbit hole and yeah. have us feeling terrible about ourselves. But a little dose of guilt d- d- depends on the dose and how we're using it can sometimes be a wonderful asset in aiding how we shape our behavior in the future. And at the same time, why, as women particularly, do we tend on the side of guilt when we reflect on things we've done, things we've said? Um, it's because we haven't learned how to fully trust ourselves. Mm. Um, and so I think this is where a mentor, a twelve step group which is entirely free, a coach, a counselor, a therapist, can absolutely be our best friend because we we can't see what we can't see. We don't know what we don't know. And so somebody objectively to help us see that differently and encourage us and help us build new skills around what it means to trust ourselves. I know I couldn't do this without somebody like that in my corner on a consistent basis. So I'm a big advocate for third party support in whatever way it may show up. And probably not my mom or a good friend. They might be a part of the support crew, but they're too close. They're too close and they love me. So they're typically going to side with me. So I need somebody outside of that. That's good. But tell me a little bit about your book. Oh, my book. Oh, I'm so proud of myself. I'll tell you why. I... Oh, in my early 20s, I worked as an editor for a local newspaper, and I absolutely loved it. And I thought I wanted to be a travel writer. And then that didn't work out, and I'm so glad it didn't. And so I've written a blog for many years, and I've always envisaged that I would write a book. And about two years ago, around this time, I thought, "Mm, now feels like the time. I feel like I have something to say, and I've, I've been coaching for 10 years at that point. And uh, so I'm just proud that I brought this to completion, one. Two, that I sat down and wrote in 30-minute increments. And it worked for me. It wasn't like two, three, four, five hours. Um, And I think it also works so well because the way that the book is structured is a series of short stories from my life. So there's about 52 stories in there. And I talk about all the ways in which I haven't, felt full of myself right you know experienced uh addiction growing up in my family um i've had some mental health um battles that i've had to face including depression suicidal thinking um my relationship with women you know i i wanted to be the best i didn't want you to win and so just getting really honest about the judgment and the separation that I felt and the ways in which I've worked through that. And then I've, uh, alongside these stories, I've incorporated some of my favorite coaching tools that I use with women. And we've kind of run through a few scenarios of how we can apply those. And, you know, the book, first and foremost, was for me. I wanted to write it for me, because it was on my heart. And the cherry on top is it's now going out into the world. And I can't wait to see how it inspires a woman, even in one small way, to feel even more full of herself. And I believe because I've been willing to be so vulnerable with my own journey, that um, hopefully, you know, there are a few moments that will speak to other women as well. All right, well, I'm excited about your book. So what we're
0: going to do Is we're going to give away a free copy. Oh, I love this. Yay. um, So, (laughs) listeners, to get in the drawing for a free copy of Sarah's book, you need to leave a comment in our YouTube channel. So, I'll have a link in the description so you can go to the YouTube channel and leave a comment. So, we'll give away a book.
1: Fabulous. Thank you. Yeah. Well, tell me, what would a first meeting with you look like? As a coaching client, you mean? Mm Uh, Yeah, well, funnily enough, I was just filling out a a coaching profile today for an agency that I'm affiliated with in Switzerland. And one of the questions was, what's your coaching style? And I said, intuitive, deep and fun. So for me, a first session is about getting right into the heart of what what's on your heart, right? We're talking about um you know if we work together for the next six months where would you hope to be and what would you what change would you hope to see in yourself um we're talking about what's getting in the way of your ability to get there um I think uh there are a good number of coaches um who treat a first session as a get to know one another and I think that can be really beautiful it's just that my style is like, let's have you experience some coaching. And I'm really known for getting to the heart of the matter quickly. So just a, it's just a straight up lovely coaching session. A lot of laughs, a lot of intimacy, um, a lot of, yeah, girl, me too. Yeah, I know exactly how that goes. Let me tell you a little bit about that because I think that can build trust. It sort of eases that, wow, I'm kind of telling you things. Maybe I've never told anybody else um and that hopefully leaves them feeling inspired that that's what I hear from clients a lot is I feel really inspired I feel good about who I am and uh you know there's some things that we can work on together and it's usually 30 or 45 minutes I don't like I don't like to go longer than that I like to kind of keep this moving um and uh but but also still have enough space to share thoughtfully
0: oh sounds like a very exciting time.
1: <laughs> I think so. I mean, yeah. I'll tell you that it feels like the privilege of a lifetime to hear the intimate details of somebody's life, their hopes, their dreams, their struggles. And I just don't take that lightly. And there's so much richness in all aspects of who we are. So it, it delights me. Um, and um, yeah, I'm just so glad I've found something that I really love
0: well it sounds like you're excellent at it so um any closing thoughts
1: any closing thoughts? I mean one thing I would say something I've been thinking about quite a bit recently is just how much especially as women we we want to people please right that we will we feel uneasy with something our boss has said or something a friend has said. And we want to do everything we can to give that person the benefit of the doubt. Or we want to make it nice. And um, and so we get lost in, God, what do they think of me? And so how do I need to change and perform and sort of iterate myself? And that's not our job. You know, I think our job is to scrap this what will they think question when it impacts our ability to ask, what do I think? What do I think about this idea that I want to raise in this meeting? What do I think about the way that I showed up to that conversation? I think, I think we need to start there, which again, we have a much better chance of answering accurately if we're taking this time for reflection. It's not always going to be a perfect answer. It doesn't need to be. But but what do I think is more important than what will they think so that we're not so busy trying to please them that in the pursuit of that, we'll abandon ourselves. You know, that's not a life well lived. So I think that what do I think question, um, I think it's a beautiful and important one that we need to ask ourselves more. It does definitely sounds like a
0: beautiful question to ask ourselves. Mm -hmm. Well, giant builders, let's ask these questions. These these are hard questions, but I think these are the questions that are going to help us grow. And not only be stronger for ourselves, but as giant builders, we'll be stronger for our families and our work and our community. So that will be all a beautiful thing. Well said. Right. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your insight and just your sharing with us.
1: Thank you. I feel like I want to be like Giant Builders. Oh yes, <laughs> create a T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, that's in the mar in the making. Giant Builders, we're going to figure out a way to create a T-shirt. <laughs> Do that. The next creative idea. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks, Giant Builders. We'll see you next Tuesday. Thank you for listening. This has been The Giant Builders with Lois Wyant.